It is great to see you today. And this message that I'm giving you this weekend is something that I think has been something I've lived out and am living out in the last six weeks. Tammy and I have in a way that I think God has done that in our life because this is where we're going as a church. Um, and, and it's so important that not only is it getting, it's going to be at every campus this weekend, but it's also one of those things that for every person who's a regular Life Church attender, we're going to be basically sending an email out just saying, hey, in case you missed this, here's a hyperlink to this weekend's message. It's simple. But it is, uh, it's, a, it's a truth that I think that God wants you to live out personally that's going to bless you. But it's also something that we, as the body of Christ, especially those of you that are Christ followers and your regular life church attenders, that God has for us. There, there's a principle that I live by in life that I kind of came by uh, a, a kind of a unique way. And... Um, I grew, growing up, I grew up going to the boys club in the summer. So I, I was a member of the boys club since I was like in me and Denzel Washington, right? Since I was like in the first grade, you ever see those, like all these famous people that were boys club members? No. Okay. Anyhow, I was one of those people, not that famous, but anyhow. So, and I was thinking it was like a buck or two or whatever. And, but I mean, that's where we played sports. And so we hung out at the boys club. I mean, there was a gym, uh, there was pool tables, there was all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's just where we, it was right down the street from the elementary school and then from the junior high. And that's where we spent summer and rode our bikes and did all that stuff. And so we would play and you could sign up and play. I mean, you played every Pop Warner football. It's where I started playing football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I mean, any sport that we played. And, and, and so you just, you, you started. And, and so I would go and all of my friends, we would all go, we would all do that. And about the fifth grade, I signed up for football that fall. And one of my buddies said to me, it doesn't matter if you sign up or not, you're going to quit. And I said, what do you mean I'm going to quit? And he goes, well, you're a quitter. We all know that. And so then my other buddies were all sitting there riding our bikes, you know, and, and, and drinking a Coke. And, and they're like, yeah, you quit everything. I mean, you, you will start, you sign up for everything. And then you just, you fizzle out. And I hated practice. So that's just, that's kind of a side note. And so you just, you quit. You, you just don't stay around. So yeah, you can sign up what you want to. And you can go buy some new cleats and stuff. But you're, you're not going to play. And it hit my mind. All of these guys that are friends of mine, they all think I'm a quitter which I have always been hardwired this way. If you tell me I can't do something, I will prove you wrong. It doesn't matter if it hair lips every cow from here to Texas. It's, I'm going to prove you. It's just in my, there's a certain amount of adversity that I don't mind going against the grain. I don't mind if I'm the only person that's standing to do it. This is, this is. And so I made up my mind in the fifth grade that I was not gonna be called a quitter. And so I signed up for every sport, whether I liked it or didn't like it. And it didn't matter if I was good or I wasn't, I was going to tough it out every practice, every game for the entire season until I could kind of reduce this, this, this moniker, this, this name of he's, it's Aaron, he's a quitter. I hated that. And, uh, and so anyhow, so I, I, I went through the fifth grade, went through the sixth grade. And I mean, just until the point, until it got established and, and, and this something to the, to, to this day in my life, I just don't quit. It's just one of those things in me. I just, I don't quit. And, and I'm, my philosophy about that is it's not, it's not the size of the dog that counts. It's the drive that's in the dog. It's the fight that's in the 
dog. I never remember, forget doing, doing defensive, uh, 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 defensive back drills and, and we were having to go from, from sitting down to straight up and you were having to kind of pop the pads and going against each other. And, and one guy was just drilling the other, other, the other player to the ground every time. And the coach stopped for a minute and, and this one kid had all the best of equipment. He get, keeps getting knocked down. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't push the opponent back. And, and, and the other guy, he, he has just hand-me-down stuff and his cleats are almost slick. And the, and the coach stops, brings us all in, blows a whistle, comes in and says, do you see this kid? Show him, show him your cleats. There's a new, anybody back, spot built. That's, that's really, that's really putting me, dating me back in the eighties. He has new spot built cleats and look at that. I man. it's all nice, got all this stuff. And this kid, where'd you get those cleats from? Did you go buy them at the store? No, somebody gave them to you. Yep. I mean, they're just slick on the bottom. How is it that this guy who has equipment that's subpar, that cleats that are just slick, how is it that he is driving to the ground and beating every time the guy that has the new stuff? And the coach said, it's because this guy wants it more than this guy. It doesn't matter what kind of equipment that you have. It doesn't matter what kind of size you are. It's the fight that's in the dog, not the, not, 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 not the, it's the drive, not the size that counts. And that's just been a kind of a philosophy with me in life. But there's a difference between quitting and giving up. And I learned this in leadership early on, that there are times, strategic times in your life where you don't quit, but you need to give up. Where you need to go, nope, I surrender on this. Nope, I'm coming to the end of myself on this. Nope, I'm, it's not that I'm quitting, I'm giving up. I, I'm not giving in, that's quitting. But I am choosing to stop where I am, to surrender myself, to say, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not fast, I'm not, I'm going to surrender and there's a difference. And in the Bible, I began to see this as I got into my 20s, that there's a season that, that, that every time God does something great, there's always a give up before a go up. There's always a give up before a go up. I'm always, God's always asking me to take that drive, that fight inside this dog and to basically give it up and to surrender it under him so that I can go up and do what he wants me to do. God doesn't need my effort. He doesn't need my energy. He doesn't need my strength. He doesn't need my bandwidth and all that he may have given me. He just simply wants me to surrender whatever that that is that I have in my hand. And if I will do that and trust him, I will go up and accomplish whatever it is that he wants me to accomplish. We see this in miracles. We see this in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. And as I'm reading the Gospel of Mark over the last six weeks, it was just one of the things that came out to me where there are four different times where Jesus stops and draws attention to this give up. Not a quit, not a give in, not a give out, but a give up. Where this individual is asked to give up and how they respond in that moment, not of quitting or giving in or giving out, but of giving up, it allows them to go up and to do what God calls them to or not. Four times. So the first time that we see this is, 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 is when Jesus asked the disciples to give up their life. He asked them to give up their life. I'm gonna go through this really quick. But Mark's gospel chapter one, verse 16 says this, passing along the Sea of Galilee. And those of you that are going with me in, in, in January, you're, you're, you're gonna be right there at the Sea of Galilee where, where he called the disciples. He, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, and um, casting a, a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you and you will become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called to them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat 
with the hired servants and they followed him. So the first thing that we see in, John, in Mark's gospel is this give up of salvation, lordship issue. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I'm not good enough to get to heaven on my own. I'm not smart enough. I'm not connected enough. God, I surrender myself to you. It's when Jesus comes into your heart, Jesus comes into your life, Jesus comes into your, to, to your environment and you surrender yourself and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. You're my salvation. Come into my heart, come into my life. I give you my life. It's not just about the sweet by and by, it's about the here and now. I give you whatever I have. I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you everything that I am. I give it to you. John's gospel will go on to say that no one comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ unless they're drawn up first by the Holy Spirit. So even if you're here today, whether you're watching online or you're, or you're at one of our locations, you, you, you feel in that moment as we're talking about that, there is this, this thing inside of you, this pounding of your chest that you, you, you think maybe it's a little indigestion. Maybe I'm, it's a little warm in this room. Maybe, no, no, no. That's the Holy Spirit that's knocking on the door of your heart. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Jesus said, I knock on the door of every man's heart. And if he'll open the door and invite me to come in, I'll come in. That's what that is. That's the first thing that we see. That's the basic give up in life is that I give up myself to follow you, Jesus. I used to teach this to the girls, to my daughters. I'd say, you know, we do what we do because we're Christ followers, not because dad's the pastor. This isn't about being the pastor. We're sh I'm a sheep before I'm a shepherd. And so, and so the reality is, is that we go to church because that's what we do. Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves, brethren, and do it even so much more as we see the return of Christ approaching. How good and pleasant it is to dwell in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in the, in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere, David said. This is why we do this. This is why we're here. This is why we're a part of the local church. Lordship, surrender. My life is not my own. And if that's you and you're far away from God, let me just say, all you have to do according to Romans 10, 9 and 10 is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. When you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll be just like Simon and Andrew and James and John who heard the voice of the Lord just as you are saying, come follow me, I'll make you. And you leave it all there and you follow Jesus. The second give up that we see is when you give up your desire. You give up your desire. This is a desires issue. This is a wants issue. This isn't needs. This is wants. Nothing wrong with having things, but there's something wrong when things have you. Mark's gospel chapter 10. Jesus has been preaching and teaching and he encounters this rich young ruler who's done everything to try to to try to gain and to try to garner uh, favor with God and to try to live a righteous lifestyle, but yet it's coming up empty. Because again, it's external, not internal. And Jesus looked at him, look at verse 21, and Jesus looking at him loved him. He had compassion upon him. This wasn't a flippant statement. There was a connection. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have, your desires, your wants, your things, and then give it to the poor. Don't give it to me. 
Jesus isn't trying to get rich on this deal. Go give it to the poor. So then you'll have treasure in heaven. We know Matthew's gospel chapter five talks about that, that when we give, when we do that way, that we store up treasure in heaven. So that you have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. Look at verse 22. This is probably one of the saddest verses in scripture. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. This is the give up when God asks for something that's in your hand. He asks you to give up a, a desire, a want. Uh, I just last week was at Auschwitz and I was walking through that concentration camp, which was probably one of the most sobering experiences I've ever had in my life. And I was reminiscing of some conversations and we went to Schindler's uh, in, in Krakow, Poland to, to the factory, you know, the, the, the movie Schindler's List that, was, that was, became world renowned uh, where he was basically trying to save the Jews and keep them from concentration camps and was doing all of this. And, and, uh, and I remember Corey Tim Boone, who is one of my favorite um, speaker, writers, authors, uh, um, Holocaust survivors on this subject matter. She said, hold everything that God gives you loosely and lightly so that when he takes it away, it won't hurt. Job says in the book of Job in the Old Testament, God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Nothing wrong with having things, but there's something wrong when things have you. It's not about the kind of car you drive or you don't drive or the house you live in or you don't live in, what you have or what you don't have. It's not even about that. Materialism has nothing to do with a badge or a symbol or a logo or, 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 or some. Materialism is, 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 is when things have us. I know people that are poor in this world and some of the most materialistic people I've ever met because they have an obsession with what everybody else has and what they don't have. So this isn't about things. But this is about when things have you. When the Lord asks you to give up something that you have that's in your hand, give up some possession that you have, give up some opportunity that you have. When on the natural, it seems like, why wouldn't you do this? Or why wouldn't you better yourself? Or why wouldn't you? Or why wouldn't you? But you began to consult to the Lord, because guess what? You've already followed Jesus and you've given your heart and your life to him. And so your life isn't your own. And you begin to ask and the Lord looks upon you lovingly and says, there's one thing I need you to do. I need you to give up what you have and give it to the poor. He's not, I'm not trying to hurt you, Aaron. I'm not trying to keep from you. I want to bless you. But in order for you to have the happiness and the joy and the peace and, and, and the fullness that you're looking for, the only way to do that is to give this up. It's a surrender. Really, not even about things, but about an understanding that God knows better than you know. See, the rich young ruler, it's not so much about the things that he's having to give away. And that's not a parable, that was an actual account. It's the fact that he has to cognitively go, I know better than what God knows. I know better than what Jesus knows. Now, we, when we read that, we think, how, how arrogant, what the hubris the, of that. But how many times do we do that to God? When he asks us to help someone or to give up some time or to do something. Maybe you don't take the promotion. 
Maybe you don't take the next step everybody else says. Maybe you don't go where everybody else. Maybe the phone rings off the hook and everybody wants you, but maybe you stay right where you are because there's a purpose and there's a plan. And instead of just consulting your flesh and instead of consulting what you want, you go, God, what do you want? God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I mean, this past week, I'm, I'm in Warsaw and we're, we're talking about things. And, and I'm telling you, every time I get in environments like that, I just go, I'll go. I, I'll go. God, God, if nobody else will go, I'll go. I don't speak the language. I don't know anything. But here's what I know. You're doing something here. And if you need me to be here, I'll walk away. I'll go. Because here's what I learned a long time ago. God knows better than me what's best for me. God will never leave me nor forsake me. He will look at me just as he does you, just as he does a rich young ruler. And with love and with compassion say, here's the thing that you need to do. Not to hurt me, but to help me. Not to harm me, but to bless me. And some of you don't live in the fullness and the blessing of God because you hold on so tightly to the things. And it's not the things. The things are not right or wrong. They're completely inanimate objects. They're, they're, they're not even the focus. It's your heart. It's the desire. Instead of just going, okay, God, here you go. The third give up is the give up of your need. This is going to sound a bit counterintuitive, but it'll make sense in a minute. Give up your need. Because when I start talking about giving up things and a rich young ruler, some of you kind of go, well, that's fine, dude, because I don't really have anything. <laughs> well, he's not talking to me. And I'm not taking a special offering, just so you know. We're not going anywhere with that, all right? So you can just put your checkbooks away. But sometimes we go, well, I don't have anything. There's nothing God would need from me. I'm a nothing, nobody that doesn't have anything, and I owe everybody. I'm probably better off dead than I am alive. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse number 41. And he, speaking of Jesus, sat down opposite of the treasury where they were collecting the offering, and he watched people putting money into the offering box. And just stop for it. Some of you crusty Christians, you have a really hard time with, well, don't let anybody see what you put in the offering. Jesus just sat there and watched them. Wouldn't that be fun one week if I just sat here and just watched you? We just put it right here and just, yeah, really? We don't need anything that crinkles. Only, we don't need anything that jingles, just stuff that crinkles. You know what I'm talking about? And he watches them. This isn't a parable. He's watching. And many rich, rich people put in large sums. You wonder, maybe did they do that because Jesus was there? But there was a poor widow, and she came in, and she put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. So one cent. And he called his disciples to him, and he said, Truly, I tell you that this poor widow has put more in than all those contributing to the offering box. For they contributed, or they gave out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. This is a trust issue. We love when God shows up. We love when God does the miracles. We love when God does miracle signs and wonders, but we don't like being in the positions that have to, God, if you don't show up, we don't pay the electric bill. God, if you don't show up, the kids don't eat. God, if you don't show up, this doesn't happen. But in order to see miracles happen, you have to be in miracle territory. 
And this woman doesn't give out of her abundance. She gives out of her need. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to somebody. Because the very thing that you have is all that you have. And it seems unfair that God's asking you to give all that you have, but he's asking you to do that because he wants you to trust him. We love to sing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promises, just to know, thus says the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I've trusted him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for faith, for grace to trust him more. But that's a much more difficult to live. To trust God's ability to produce in your life more than your own. Because in the natural, this doesn't make any sense. In the natural, quite frankly, the, the, the woman should, should take the penny because she needs it more. I don't mean to keep talking about last Sunday, but last Sunday I, I received an offering. Or they, they, they gave me an offering and I didn't realize it. They gave me this little bag and had a couple little things in it and some, and some Polish uh, like candies and stuff. And I got back to the hotel room and I'm packing everything up because I basically traveled last week in a, in a carry-on. I, I don't like to check my bags. And so I'm just living out of a carry-on for the whole week. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm either going to eat this because I don't think I'm going to be able to pack it in here and I'm going, so I'm going to eat it. Amen. So anyhow, so I'm just going through all this and I, but there's an envelope and there's basically what's about five U S dollars. And I just sat in my room and I thought, man, they need that way more than I need that. I know the people that I talk to, but they didn't give out of their abundance. They gave out of their need. There are times when God asks you to give that you don't have to give. I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about maybe it's your time or your energy or what, but you know, and, 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 and it doesn't feel fair. And you know why it doesn't feel fair? Because it's not fair. It's not fair that she gave everything and they gave some because they gave their sum and then they went on and they gave a lot more money than she did. But, but, but the reality is, is that God didn't take note of that. God took note of that sacrifice of just trusting. God, you know better than I do. I'm reminded even in the Old Testament where Hannah, prays for a son and God gives her a son his name is Samuel he'll be the one that will anoint David king of Israel he will be one of the most prominent prophetic voices in the history of Israel but she's only given she's barren and God gives her one son and as a young boy she gives him unto the Lord which means he needed to go to the house of of Eli and Shiloh and live with the high priest. For this son I have prayed, she said, and now Lord, I give him to you. Doesn't seem fair, does it? Because it's not. Fairness in it in the garden. And sometimes God asks you to go to a place you don't want to go and to do things you don't want to do. Sometimes he asks you to give what you don't feel like you have. And you look around, you go, but they've got this and they've got this, but you can't look at what they have and what they have. And that's what happened that day. It's a give up. 
Not out of my abundance, but out of my need. And the last is to give up your stuff. This sounds like it's redundant, but it's not. Jesus is preparing for what will be his last week with the disciples before the trial, before his death, crucifixion, and resurrection. It's what we will call as Christians Palm Sunday. And Jesus says, I, I want you to go, and I want you to go to this particular place, and I want you to find this unridden cult. And if they ask you why you need this coat, cult, here's what you tell them. Look at it, Mark chapter 11, verse 3. And if when anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. I'm not wanting to keep it, it's just I just need to borrow it for a minute. I don't need it for forever, I just need it for this moment. I just need it for right now. This is gonna be the cult he's gonna ride in. This is gonna be the, the, the triumphant entry. It's, 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 it's gonna be where, where they're gonna to begin to sing Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. It's gonna be on that cult that he just needs it for the ride into the city. That's all he needs it for, and he's gonna give it back. And there are times in our life where the give up is not for forever, it's just for a season. God just saying, hey, just for this season, I'm gonna give it back to you. Matter of fact, the, the, how many of you know that cult's value would have, would have increased in value, amen? I mean, like oh, this cult here costs a little bit more because the Messiah, the savior of the world, this is what he wrote in on, in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, it just, the, it's, it's, it's not even a decrease. It's not even, the, the, the use doesn't decrease it, it actually increases it. But God just says, hey, I don't need it for forever, I just need it for a moment. Would you for a season give of yourself here? Would you for this season just trust me here? For this season, would you just do this? For this moment, would you do this? Would you just lend to me, God would say, and give up? Just give up something that you have. As I'm preparing this and working on this message, as a matter of fact, I'm, we're in a car and we're, we're driving in this van from from Krakow, Poland, back into Warsaw. It's about a three and a half, four hour drive and this thunderstorm's going on. All this stuff's happening and around and I'm working on this and I'm just kind of processing this and, and I don't know what this means, but, but I think there are people that are in this room and people that are hearing this that you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit's already spoken to your heart exactly what you're supposed to do. It may have nothing to do with Life Church. It may be that you have something that someone else has need of and that God's speaking to your heart. And this is the confirmation to say, you need to give this up for a season. You need to do this for a season. You need to trust me for a season. Because it's a stewardship issue. You're blessed to be a blessing. If you are blessed today, you are not blessed just for yourself. You're blessed because God wants you to leverage that for the sake of the kingdom. You have the cult because the Savior needs it. It's not for you. Sorry, news alert, it's not all about you. Remember Mark chapter one? And they left their nets on the shore and they followed them. Here's why I'm preaching this message. It's because I think individually God is speaking to you about a lordship issue, about a desire issue. 
about a need, to give out of a need and quit letting that be your excuse. Or about just simply loaning God something for a season. And not that he needs any of it. You do. Because in this, your individual decision has congregational effects. I believe that we are on the precipice and the edge of seeing God do probably some of the most miraculous, the most heaven sent, open heaven, open sky, however you want to call it, God overflowing blessing in our life that we've ever seen as a church. The last six weeks have been the most grueling, grinding, exhausting weeks I have had in years. I've had very little rest. I've had very little sleep. I have, I have, I have sought God and I felt like the heavens were brass. I have, I have done things and, and surrendered myself in ways that I didn't even know how, I don't know how else to do it. I, I, I'm the kind of guy that I go to bed about 8.30, I'm out by 9.30, 10 o'clock, I'm up at you know, 4.35, 6 o'clock in the morning, but, but I'm up till two and three in the morning because I just can't and I'm pacing and I'm walking and I can't sleep and it's just all this in my spirit and all this that's going on. Because God's speaking to me about this. God's asking of me and of Tammy about this. And it's counterintuitive and, and, and it's opposite. And I don't even have time to unpack it, nor, nor, nor do I have the liberty to. All I know is that, is, that, is that in that process of time and the things that God was speaking to me, I feel like don't just affect me, although they do affect me and they affect Tammy and they affect our family directly. They affect us as a church and not just us as a church, but they affect the community in which we live in. I, I, I've had people send me verses and, 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 and people say, man, I'm praying for you and different things in such a way that just, man, it's like, God, you're, you're doing something. I'm just trying to make sure I'm on page, on point. And here's what I feel, that we as a church, as individuals, just need to take a posture of God, what, what do you want? Not quitting, not giving out, not giving in, but I'm giving up. Giving it up to you, God. What do you want? Maybe you've been running from God for a long, 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 long time and you just need to settle that lordship issue. Are you gonna follow Jesus or you're gonna just keep playing games with God? Maybe it's desires. So you just keep chasing. I don't know if it's the almighty dollar, if it's some status, if it's some whatever, what everybody else thinks. It's like, no, to the end of that, I'm just going to have a reckless abandonment to follow Jesus. Maybe you're a high school kid and, and they're talking to you about college and school and you've got a, a GPA that's off the charts and, 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 and you've got ACT and SAT scores. You can go to any school you want to in the country and God is saying to you, I want you to go be a missionary and people are telling you it's a waste. You're too smart to go into the ministry. But you know his voice because he's whispering to you. And why does God whisper? Because he's close. I don't have to yell at you when I'm across, if I'm, if I'm not across the room, if I'm just next to you, I can whisper 
and speak. I don't know what it is, but you do. And I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, then the band at every campus is going to come and going to give us just lead us in a song. Not for us to be led in a song, but they're going to sing a song. And, and in doing so, it's just going to be a time of reflection to every one of our campuses. And then the campus pastors are going to come and they're, they're going to close everything out. But I'm going to ask you for just a couple of minutes, I'm telling you, four to five minutes, no longer than that, just to quiet your heart. I'm going to pray. The band's going to lead in a song. And I just simply want you to ask this one question. God, what do you want me to give up? Holy Spirit, search my heart. What do you want me to give up? Because I believe that all of our individual decisions have a corporate or a congregational effect that's going to affect the world in which we live in, in epic proportions. Father, I just thank you right now for the Holy Spirit that I sense in this place. And I know that your Holy Spirit is transcendent, which means he's not bound by time or space. So whether someone's watching online or maybe they're listening, someone is even hearing this message three weeks from now, you're there. And God, you have spoken to my heart and to Tammy's heart and you know, God, you know the pages that I've journaled, the hours that I've spent. God, you know. And God, you know what I've asked. <laughs> you know, God. And so, Lord, all I know to do is simply to do what you tell me to do. I'm just the guy serving up the bread of life hot and fresh. Whether anyone eats from the table, that's not my doing. That's your doing, Holy Spirit. You're the one that draws. How obedient anyone is, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility of obedience is in my own life. And I have a hard enough time doing that myself. So Lord, I just relinquish all of that to, to you. But I pray, Holy Spirit, convict us. Holy Spirit, draw us. Holy Spirit, speak. And these next few moments, as we just take a posture of not quitting, of not giving in, of not giving out, but of giving up, whether it's about following you, Jesus, with all of our life and quit playing games, whether it's about trusting you with things and desires and wants and wishes, whether it's, it's about our need and saying that we can't because we don't and, and being limited by a poverty mindset. No, God, let us, God, I just pray that we, we, we choose that we're gonna just trust you. Or Lord, whether it's just something that we have in our possession that basically is a net zero-sum loss for you to use that during the season, but it's yours. Whatever it is, Father, help us to be obedient. In these next few moments, as the band begins to play and sing, speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, and let us respond, palms up, and to give it up. In Jesus' name.